선생님 피아노 배우러 왔어요 이렇게 놀러 가 집이 너무 컸나봐요 이 집에선 한이 없으니 못해 나가겠는걸요 <laughs> Thank you, Jack. Another timeless quip. Yes. You treated those thistles like the rat poison. <laughs> you know what I'm saying. Yes, I do. Um, all right. Welcome to The Wage of Cinema. I'm Jack. I'm Andrew. And we are going to bring you now our third entry in our What the Devil is That series. For those of you who are unfamiliar, What the Devil is That is an effort by Jack and I to see films that we have never heard of before. Yeah, not just that we have Harder haven't... than it seems. But... Yes, yes. Not only that we haven't seen, but we haven't heard. It's it's probably a little harder for me because I, frankly, have just seen more movies than Andrew. But Oh, you're so great. Yeah, I am. Uh... <laughs> I'm a dick. I'm sorry. Um but our no. first one was Dead Ringers. Yes, or Dead one, Ringer. Let's, let's Dead not Ringer. let's not let's mistake. not be mad at David Cronenberg here. Oh yeah, I forgot. And then the, la the <coughs> one after that was Backstreet. Yes, Backstreet was uh, back. The Smash Mouth documentary, and uh, then there. And now we have our third film, which is called The Housemaid. Yeah, and uh, this comes from uh, South Korea. This was uh, one of the first films from South Korea that actually really made. Uh, uh, like a real smash. Uh, when I say smash, I don't mean that it really broke box office records or anything, but it was... It achieved uh, mainstream success outside of Korea, South Korea. A little bit, yeah. I mean, I'm not seeing that much information about where it was distributed in the United States at the time, but I believe that this director, uh, Kim Ki-young, uh, he got the movie scene here or there. Um, the main achievement is that uh, this is actually now from the Criterion Collection. There's this box set, and this is how I found out about the movie, a box set of films from Martin Scorsese's World Cinema Project. And this is connected with a lot of his uh, restoration efforts that he puts together, uh, where he finds films that are in real disrepair, or they've been kind of untreated fairly. Um, and this is from all over the world. And... Uh, I don't think he's the only one involved in it. He just has the most rain, name recognition. If you're gonna put somebody's name on this project, it's Martin Scorsese. Yeah, yeah. You're, if you're gonna, if you just put like Joe Schmo's name on there, they're not gonna be like Jack Gatinella's international film project is not getting off the ground. Uh, not yet. No, I'm working on it. But uh, but anyway, so this movie uh, was part of that box set, and I guess I was just kind of intrigued of it because I hadn't heard of any of the movies. In this box set, uh, I was aware of. It makes it very convenient for us. Too. Yeah, it does. <laughs> it gives us almost. We might even maybe we'll dip into this uh, box set again over the this year. But um, I just uh, I like uh, South Korean cinema. I am I'd say South Korea. Well, we don't really see movies from North Korea, <laughs> except for that giant monster film. Which one was that? The one that Kim Jong Un ca kidnapped people to make. <laughs> We what gotta watch that sometime. Well, we gotta watch about we gotta watch a movie about the making of that movie. That's that, got that hasn't been made yet. Well, we can always make it. Uh, okay, you make it. Jack. Sure, I will. Um, but anyway, we're not talking about him. We're we're talking about this Korean movie, which man, how do you just how do you start to describe this movie? It well, it does have it does have a it has a pretty simple premise. Where it goes to is kind of crazy. Right. So let's start at the beginning. 
there's a music teacher by the last name of Kim who works, who teaches these factory women how to sing. And one day he gets a love letter from one of them, but he causes that person to get dismissed. And then another woman tries to take piano lessons, and then he, she finds out he wants a housemaid for her his bigger house. He's just remodeled his house. It's a huge house. And his wife needs a maid, so they hire a young girl. Yeah, now her name is uh, Myung Suk. Right. I believe is her character's name. Uh, she's played by this actress. Uh, on IMDb, it's... Ye- I hope I'm, pr- I'm pronouncing this correctly. My apologies, Korea, if you're hearing this. Uh, Yoon Shim Lee. Right. I'm saying Yoon, it's E-U-N. Right. But, um, and part of the reason she's hired is because uh, they have a little bit of a rat problem. Uh, like, the, the, the wife opens up, uh, like, the cupboard, and all of a sudden a rat is just there. And <clears throat> it wasn't at any moment before this, but exactly this, where she realizes, I need a housemaid. Yes. Uh, not an exterminator. <laughs> but what happens is, is that the music teacher goes through some stressful times, and while his wife is away, he has an affair with his housekeeper, and then everything goes downhill from there. Yeah, there, there are a lot of bad things that happen. Uh, but in a very <clears throat> strange way. Not the, like strange, where like people do like ridiculous things. But weird in how they play out. Now I want to say now I want to say this up front because I did enjoy this movie. I enjoyed it to a certain degree too, but I'm not sure how to assess it. What was your thought? The word, if I could sum up this in one word, it would be hysterical. How? What do you mean by hysterical? That sounds really appropriate and really interesting. (laughs) But I need you to explain it to me. Okay. Well, it's both in kind of the things that go into the craft of this movie, and also things that end up happening tonally and with the characters uh because at first it seems like this could be maybe this will be a drama about you know this this married couple and this housemaid maybe there will be some strife but as soon as the husband kind of crosses over with this woman it really starts to go into um dramatic overdrive so to speak when like because the housemaid is kind of an unstable person in some ways well especially you get a feeling that she's not quite normal but well, we're well, not sure uh, but i but we're not sure exactly what form that abnormality well takes. well there's also something too that um i mean this isn't i don't know if i don't know if you can really spoil this kind of movie because people really haven't see well i'll just say she she becomes pregnant with the guy's kid right um and i think part of that and the drama that comes from that whole scenario um makes it even more intense for her uh because now it's like oh i have have a kid you know you need to take care of me um you know maybe that was just how it was done in korea at the time if you you know and not only that she also lost her virginity to mr kim right um and uh there are just like even scenes like but before really the main shit starts to hit the fan like they have a piano in the house because again mr kim gives piano lessons uh to some people and this girl myung suk she'll just keep on playing the piano over and over again she'll she'll just bang on the keys yeah with no rhyme or reason even though he told her don't ever touch the piano yeah and she does it anyway um when i talk about the hysterical there is there's stuff involving the acting that ends up being extremely heightened there's also the music which we both commented on i think you are even more uh, 
I don't know what word to use, but you were very thrown off by the music cues. The music is weird in this film. And it's not as if... There's nothing unusual about it. It's a sort of jazzy piano arrangement with some trumpet flair. You know, other... Pretty normal. But the thing is, it seems somewhat mismatched to the action that's going on, but it seems like it's purposefully mismatched. Huh. Purpose that's an interesting way to put it. So you think It's that... inappropriate, but they chose it because it was inappropriate. I almost feel like maybe this guy he he maybe it may because uh, uh, for example, there's this one moment where um uh, there there's a base rat poison becomes kind of like a plot device in this movie. Yes. Let's put it that way. There's this one moment where um they have a they have the the this family they also have two kids they have a son and they have a daughter who's kind of crippled. There's a scene where you almost you you might think that the mother might be doing something with the rat poison. Yeah. And all of a sudden, the you, the camera kind of turns to see the daughter and she's looking in on the room, and you know that might be enough on its own, but the music has to be like. Yeah, and it's kind of weird because I didn't quite understand that. It was like... It was almost as if the, like, the filmmaker the camera, had to tell us the camera turns, what to feel. The camera turns and pans over to this daughter who's just looking at her mom. And then it's like, dun-dun! Yeah. And, and I'm just like, what is that supposed to mean? Yeah. <laughs> what What is her being there supposed to mean in the film? I don't uh, know. Apparently it was super important because they put that music cue right so, there. So even that, or also how lightning will strike sometimes outside... Yeah. To add certain emphasis. And uh, so, yeah, so a lot of couplings, of, you know, com- a combination of different elements adds to this feeling of almost hysteria with involving this drama. Now, there is a weird thing at the beginning of this film that... Oh, there, well, there's a framing device. Yeah, but I, I don't even mean that. What I mean is, throughout the first half of the film... I was not sure what thread of the film we were supposed to be following. What do you mean? Because the film starts, there's a bit of prologue, and then there's the credits, and, you know, okay, fine. And then we start out with these women working in a factory. They go to music practice, and one's like, I'm going to give this letter to the music teacher. And that woman gets uh, suspended from her job because of it, and she goes away. And then her roommate decides, I'm going to take piano lessons with this teacher. And it's like, oh, great. But then it's like, oh, I need a maid. And then she brings him a maid. And like they're going, they're, fl- they're like sort of floating it, back yeah, and forth between you know all what? these different things. Th- and I'm I, like, I, and I couldn't figure out at the beginning, what are they... What are we latching on to? What is the plot thread of this film? Because we've had like so much sideways movement in terms of who our main character might be. And in terms of what plot point is like our starting point, that hmm. I was trying, I couldn't figure out what what are they working towards. Yeah, when Eventually, I look, yeah. it becomes quite obvious as the uh, as it settles into when the what affair it, happens. But yeah, that's like halfway through the film. Well, I don't know. I think that once it, it, it be, I thought it was kind of clear at least by a certain point that Mr. Kim was going to be like the main character. I thought uh, but, so too, but then they kept returning to other characters from earlier in the film, and I couldn't, and I was trying, and I couldn't figure out, I couldn't figure out what direction this film was going. Yeah, it was very, it was like, well, no, no, I would, had all these I would characters say, gathered together, and I wasn't sure who, which direction they were going to take them all. 
the first 20 minutes takes a little time to figure it out but after that i think it settles in hmm. um i think i yeah I, I think i can see what you mean like if i look if i look back up my notes i just see some things about at least early on about uh you know a music class uh you know girl gets suspended also we never see that girl again she dies off screen yeah which is really i and we did we do ever find she, out why she died she killed herself i guess so she did uh, oh okay okay I mean, but it's but then like, doesn't the mother also while. blame him for that? Yeah, that was also a weird moment. They kind of rushed through that too. Yeah, but it doesn't become an important plot point. But it's like you have to wait later on to find out why that's important. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Eventually, they do come back around to that letter. Uh, but even that girl, who I thought was going to be more of a main character, the one the I forget the the character's name, but the girl who actually who comes to Quack. Mr. Kim. Quack, yeah, quack, yeah, um, yeah. Thank you. Yeah, uh, but, um, but, but yeah, she, she leaves. Like, the first, the she, she leaves within like five minutes, and you don't see her again. And then her friend Kyung Hee, who yeah. who's the one who actually wrote the note. Yes, which you don't learn. Yeah, until but that, later, well, that's, well, that's but the I, one I meant. That the one that the the girl who actually comes to take the piano lessons. Even she eventually. She's there for a lot for like the first half of the film, and then kind of disappears until maybe until near like doesn't. the last until the last well until the last ten minutes. Yeah. Um, but but even before that, it's like, well, why is why is she taking piano lessons? Why is she important? And then eventually, that does get resolved. You have to be kind of patient with this movie. Yeah, it's not an obvious film no. when you start out with it. Once you get halfway through you really see how it begins to pick up all the threads and start heading in its own unique direction, which looking back on it, I appreciate a lot more. Yeah. Because even though a lot of these things seemed very strange, they all did come back into the plot in their own way. Yes. Yeah. It, uh, eventually it does really come together. And again, it settles into this one place, which is this house. And I really liked also how the director, film the house itself at times like his camera's kind of constantly moving around and a lot of tension comes from just seeing like when a character will go into one room or another and some you know and you even have that beat that you might see in like a almost like a lifetime movie where like all of a sudden the housemaid will just be standing outside the the door yeah. i mean outside like they have like the you know outside window the, doors the, the window doors yeah yeah um, and then, like, she might be in the rain or something. Uh, like, yeah. she, she ends up becoming, like, the most fascinating character in this story for, for a number of reasons. Yeah. Uh, like, for one thing, a question I kept having as this story ended up getting... Weirder. I don't even know... Well, I don't even, yeah, melodrama isn't even the word. That's no, why I went for there, It's hysteria. not melodrama because it's mostly not about is people it, being like, oh, this is awful. Is it almost maybe... Now, I brought this up to you when we were watching the film and you dismissed it. Like, I brought up the idea this is a thriller and you tossed that out. How about a horror film? Hmm. Because you have a character who is really a threat to this family. Um, now, there are... There should be re there should be ways that they could get rid of this threat a lot sooner than it happens. That, that's but I like the whole that that it's a downward spiral type of narrative too. That it is a one thing spiral. leads to another to another. But it's hard to think about this because at first you think it's going to be like a straightforward drama about this husband and wife. Like when you when you <clears throat> when you get a handle on where we are in the plot, yeah, you feel like it's going to be a husband and wife 
An infidelity they, drama, possibly. Yeah, that sort of thing. And then it, become, <clears throat> it, it becomes something a little... You start heading in that downward spiral. And it yeah. becomes a lot more threatening... Yeah, I don't think it reaches the the sort of level of emotional threatening that a horror film has to have. Hmm. But it, but again, it's hard to say because it does kind of seem like a thriller sometimes because people are trying to plan and get out from underneath this problem. But it's like when I say thriller, <laughs> when I say thriller, I meant almost in like a Hitchcockian sense of characters kind of planning one thing and trying to execute that plan, even if it's not gonna work um again a lot of it involves eventually involves this rat poison becomes you know uh just an element i think at first we thought it would be a Chekhov gun yeah uh but uh no it was a little more than that yeah um <laughs> but it's like here's the reason why this is so hard to to classify it's because what happens after the second half of the film is the the maid starts to go crazy yeah and starts to make ridiculous demands and almost kill several people and yes. succeeds in killing one of them at least yeah and it's like this family is the prisoner of their maid but it's a very strange situation because you feel like the old, one of the one of the few reasons they don't just get rid of her is that they are too cowardly to do it not, yeah. not like you know oh this is this is a clear threat i don't want to put my family in danger it's more like i don't really have the guts to go through with this and i also feel too polite to do it here's something about this film it just it's i, I, I thought it's of, slightly absurd i thought about this when i was uh this came to me when i was watching the film and i forgot it until just this moment um something that i've heard uh, george lucas say when he like when his when he was first seeing a lot of Japanese films in college and getting into that whole world, he said sometimes he would watch a film and it would feel like he was just kind of plopped down into this other reality that he had no real frame of reference for. Yeah. And at first, it, it, you know, it could leave him really unnerved, and he had to kind of figure out, okay, how is this world really working? Yeah. If it works at all, and why are these strange customs and other things going on and um, in a strange way, I think he said in the first Star Wars, he tried to do that a little bit, in a, in a way, I'm, it's hard to explain that, but I felt a little bit of that watching this, I felt like I was plopped into this wholly different world from another time, again, this is, this was shot in the late 50s, it came out in 1960, and, uh... And it takes place in South Korea. Yeah, and so, like, when you say something about, like, why isn't, you know... The, the 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 parents why don't they try to bone up and grow a pair or something but maybe that society was just different at the time but here's the weird thing it's like you and i we, we listened to the martin <coughs> scorsese introduction to this yeah. film he used the word unnerving which is also another good word to use for this I mean, but the other thing is he said the you know the director what was his name uh, uh kim ki young yeah he said all of his films were weird and this is one of the weirdest <laughs> you, uh, so it's so on one hand I'm thinking like okay maybe this is a Korean thing but also <laughs> Martin Scorsese comes on and says this is not typical ladies and gentlemen okay oh yeah so that was part of his uh, thing too oh by the way too if you get the DVD um, I didn't get to watch it yet but there's also um, an interview with uh, the director uh, 
Bong Joon-ho, and uh, he talks about his appreciation for this film. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm just... Uh, there's also just certain, like, exchanges that, uh, like, she, like, this housemaid, um, um, uh, uh, Myung-suk, she, like, she, at one point there's something with the kids where there's, my, you know, you might think that they're in danger for a moment, and then when it turns out not to be so, like, the kid says, why'd you lie? And she responds, your parents taught me how to. It's just, like... <laughs> very like highly pitched is a way to put this movie and then you know it's not through the whole time and i think i actually looking back i really like the the act uh, the acting is a one is one thing that kept me riveted a lot through this so like the actor who plays mr kim uh his name was jin q kim uh i really liked him a lot because he uh there are times where he just looks completely exasperated and he's like trying to hold on to his sanity, and you know the, the fact that he's just like he was just normal piano teacher, um, and also if you think about it too, he was used to be in, have some control. He was this teacher in charge of this class. There comes there there seems to come a point where he doesn't even teach anymore. He's just kind of in this house. Yeah. Um, and also misses the one thing though it was a little strange. So again, and the actress Yoon Shim Lee was very good. Oh, this is the thing I meant to mention to you. This is a piece of trivia on IMDb. Yeah. So, um, this was the first and last film for the actress who played um, uh, Myung-suk, the housemaid. Right. Um, because the public hated the character so much that the director, that no director would hire her after this film. Wow, that's really weird. Yeah, it's like they thought that she was this character. God, again, Korea, a little weird. Not, not all the time, but, um, yeah, but again, as Scorsese said, this isn't the norm. Um, I think, like, it, also there's this one, there's literally in the space of one minute, I felt like the movie went completely cuckoo. Yeah. And it involved the death of that character that we're not going to mention. Uh, I feel like in that, especially... That's where the tone of things just went really crazy. And, you know, again, the idea of why isn't somebody just call the cops, for yeah. example. Um, and also the mother's reaction. What do you think of her? I feel like she was one of the odder parts about this film. Because, it's... like, at first her reaction when, like, her husband tells her, yeah, I've been sleeping with this woman. You know, her reaction is how we think, you know, a lot of people would do it. But throughout the rest of the film... I wasn't quite sure. Is she just giving up all hope? Is she, like, is she just? Does she not know what to do in this situation? Well, is she like, trying to find her own agency and is just getting confused? Everybody is kind of giving up hope because it, it's this weird situation where this problem seems like it could be easily solved. Yeah, but nobody does anything. Yeah, why isn't she? It's yeah, weird. there's this then, th there's a thought I actually wrote down. I said like, why doesn't she leave? Right. <laughs> I mean, Why again, don't they call the police? Yeah. Why don't they just tell her to get out? Yeah. <laughs> and it's and it's it seems it's almost like it a seems it's almost like a the solutions to these things seem absurdly simple. Yeah. After a certain after a certain amount of time, and you and I we looked at each other and we're like, 
what's what's really going on here? Yeah, because <laughs> I think initially they try to say, like, the wife tries to say, like, oh, if this scandal broke, you lose your job. There are more serious things going on than your job by a certain point. Yeah, it, it, it gets really silly. And yeah, then... characters are getting starved because they don't trust her and they don't want to eat her food, which also, when I talk about horror, that actually made me think of um, uh, whatever happened to Baby Jane. Uh, and in that, there's also an element involving a rat where, uh, like, just to screw with her, because Betty Davis and Joan Crawford are sisters in the film. Right. And Joan Crawford is, like, also, by the way, speaking of what, she's crippled, too. I, w- I have to wonder now if they, the director saw it this way. But anyway, um, as, a, as a prank or something, like, uh, Betty Davis, she's the one taking care of J- Joan Crawford. And she serves Joan Crawford this meal, and it has, you know, like, a lid on it. She pulls off the lid, and there's, like, a rat. Yeah. <laughs> and from then on, she won't eat anything Betty Davis makes for her. Hmm. Um, it's it's just strange. And then the ending comes. Oh, my God. Well, well, well before the very end, I mean, there are, we should try to distinguish it by saying that there's the no, ending to uh, the story uh, that's being told, and then there's the story... That I for almost forgot there was this framing device, yeah. and when it comes back around, I felt like as if I had stepped into like one of those uh, Twilight Zone episodes. Yeah, yeah, Twilight Zone. No, not even that, but like one of those movies where they're lecturing you about an issue, yes. like Glen or Glenda or Reefer Madness. Yeah. <laughs> But and but then, the whole movie was became worth it. Yeah, it, it actually suddenly took off into another level. I ended up liking it more because yeah. basically, like the very opening of the film, it's you just see this couple looking at, like they're like one of them's looking at a newspaper and be like, oh, this this whole thing this housemaid happened and the story. Oh, of, some guy had an affair with his maid. Yeah, and and then at the very end of the story. We don't see them at all through the rest of the film, and then they come back around. I think they're the same. They are. Yeah. They're the same family. Yeah, they're the same family, but all of a sudden they look like a normal bunch. And there's even like a small joke of like, because the, the housemaid is also the housemaid in this framing thing. And it's kind the, of complicated. You have to see the movie. But the point <laughs> is, though, at the very end, the, the a character breaks the fourth wall. Yeah. And we both were just kind of laughing. Oh, yeah. That cracked me up. <laughs> it put everything into a new perspective. Yeah. Which kind of explained it, but also didn't make any sense. No. But it was also like, okay. It made yeah. me think. It made me think of the end of Myra Breckenridge. See, I forgot about that. Except this made everything before seem good. <laughs> you know, my Breckenridge is just a pile of garbage. Oh, yeah. Um, this, though, I... Um, like, to me, what, what again, one of the things that I liked was that sometimes that there was a... For me, there was a sense of paranoia to some of the things that were going on. The fact that you characters can't trust one another... That creates a, a, a interesting dynamic for me. There's even one shot that especially felt Hitchcockian, and because again with this rat poison, there's always this thought of, well, somebody going to get, you know, possibly poisoned with this. Is it going to wind up in a drink? There's a shot where 
the characters walking up the steps and the way that the camera has it emphasizes in close up the glass it made me think of uh this movie suspicion uh with cary grant and uh i think it was joan fontaine and uh in that there was like this moment where cary grant is famously going up the steps with a glass of milk and hitchcock even lit it a certain way so that it's you could tell oh this glass of milk this is a sinister milk that's, that's coming up. That's the most evil milk I've ever seen. I know, it came from the most evil cow imaginable. Um, <laughs> but tonally, yeah, this movie is, is kind of bananas. Um, In a way, I mean, Scorsese mentioned Buñuel in his assessment of this. It, yeah, did he? It's, it's kind of that idea of the ridiculousness of bourgeois society. And, uh, yeah, I guess and I guess you could say they're bourgeois. People ask people talk, people uh, people behave in certain ways, and they think they're normal. But what they're yeah. doing is ridiculous. Yeah, I, the wife cares about whether or not her husband will get fired uh, more than she cares about the death of one of her own family members. Yeah, and and also. Uh, um, also, earlier on in the film, too, the way that the kids act is kind of interesting. Like, they're not very well developed, we should say. They, they In a way, like, they're almost kind one, of story devices. One has crutches, the other is a boy. Yeah, and, and, <laughs> a kind of, and a kind of a bitchy boy at that. That's the extent of their characterization. Yeah, and uh, they kind of drop, I guess, the whole thing of... Uh, what would have been kind of interesting is, early on, they kind of set up, this girl's crippled. I don't know exactly how she's crippled, if she's like a Tiny Tim cripple, or if, uh... <laughs> she has a condition where she needs to use crutches. Yeah, but they also made it seem like, okay, if you just keep on exercising, you won't need the crutches anymore. So is it like a permanent thing, where, you know, like, if sometimes where people need crutches their whole lives? Or is it just like, did she break one of her legs and is trying to get healthy? Like, it wasn't really clear, but... If they were going to go in the direction of you have to keep on exercising and you got to like climb up these stairs and become strong, it might have been interesting if that had paid off like later in the film. Like maybe she ends up becoming strong on her own and then can fight back against this housemaid. Huh. I don't know. Maybe I'm putting more screenwritery logic into it. Yeah, stop it. Um, yeah, in a strange way, this almost is like if. Like, imagine if a ghost, if this was like a ghost story imagine movie. Imagine if a ghost wrote a script. <laughs> <laughs> the script is disappearing in my hands. Um, no, like, but sometimes you have a story of a house being possessed and a family is being besieged and they can't leave. It's almost like that at times, except it's with a woman who... You know, it's a housemaid and cheats on, cheat, you know, makes this guy, I don't know how to phrase it, but make, turns everybody's life upside down. Um, again, I'd have to talk to my wife later if this sounds at all like a, a Lifetime movie, because it felt like a much classier, uh, more was, heartfelt version of a Lifetime was a, movie. It was, it was somehow more subdued. <laughs> yeah more subdued and also beautifully shot i should mention that too this has some really gorgeous uh black and white cinematography um although i should mention just as a warning if you do check out uh <clears throat> this particular dvd 
uh, there are uh, a handful of minutes of the film which look kind of rough because they were able to restore about like 80% of the film. Yeah. And then the other 20% uh, they had to get from just like an old print because I guess they, they, this is a pretty rare movie. And apparently the Kim Ki-young, a lot of his films, according to Scorsese, are just gone. And this is the only one that still exists. <clears throat> well, this is the only one that's widely available. Um, Practically but, still exists. Yeah, exactly. Um, I But it's a really interesting experience. Yeah, you, you go through a lot of emotions. I think at first I thought, oh, is this movie going to be a little dull? Like, and maybe it might be kind of interesting, but it might not get to anywhere. But there was a certain point where it got to somewhere. Yes. And it kept up that uh, very taut face uh, 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 type of uh, uh, mood. Um, so any final thoughts about this? Would you say, would you recommend it to people? I would recommend it to only certain people. Yeah, I wouldn't recommend it to uh, like a wide audience or anything. But if you think that you like outside the box uh, familial dramas and as you as you mentioned, Buñuelian, slightly surreal uh, films about class and romance that go awry, yeah, this could have been one of his Mexico movies. I don't know about one of the movies he made later. But it, it feels like it could have been one of his Mexico movies, especially the very end. Like, that very end almost yeah, was uh, like the end of Simon of the Desert. <laughs> you remember that movie? Yeah. Where it's like the whole movie's mostly about a guy standing on a pillar, and all of a sudden the last bit of the film is in a rock and roll club. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm sorry, I, I was about to cut you off. But, but you would recommend it to some people? Yes. Okay. Good. Um... I'm glad I watched it. Again, I don't think it's like one of the best Korean films ever or anything like that. Uh, I'm, I'm personally glad I watched it because this whole thing, this whole exercise of what the devil is that is to find things that you wouldn't, that we wouldn't normally find. Yeah. And every movie I've seen so far has been a positive experience. That's good. So that's what I've been looking for. And if you're looking for that sort of out of left field, what the devil is that? <laughs> yeah, the title this definitely film, applies this here. This film is going to give you that. Yes. Abs Especially I when you get to the end. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Um, if And if any of you guys uh, happen to have seen this movie or have thoughts about uh, outside-the-box Korean cinema, even more than other Korean films, uh, send us an email to wagesofcinema at gmail.com or send us a tweet or on Facebook uh, at the Wage of Cinema Podcast. And uh, when we come back, oh man, we have uh, quite a screen legend to talk about. Yes. Yeah. You can put him between your knees and squeeze. Ah! <laughs> That's a good way, way to end this. <laughs> Not really. But it's fine. <laughs> good enough. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I could have used a different... Uh, crossing your legs thing too your your wife crossed her legs too fast you know what i mean pal <laughs> stay tuned <laughs> Tom,